The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi there, good evening and welcome to this Ibrox. It's a Sunday session. My name is Scott Patterson. If you're joining us on your Sunday night, I thank you very much for, for taking your time out tonight. A very busy Sunday. Um, if you've been asleep for the last 30 minutes or so, let me tell you that Andy Devlin from The Sun has confirmed that there is big news coming from Rangers. And I think it's safe to say that a change in the manager situation is imminent, perhaps not tonight. But I do reckon the first Monday in October, um, we will see uh, a new manager, or certainly an imminent change of manager um, being made very, very clear indeed. We will do that tonight. We'll cover it in a bit of depth. Um, there is lots to discuss, as you can probably imagine. Where do we go next, for example? Um, joining me in the pod, JB from Liverpool. Hi, JB. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, very well. Uh, Rangers, as I've said a few times, Rangers aside, all good. And uh, my hands quite sore today. I've been refreshing Twitter like it's uh, transfer deadline day. But uh, yeah, we are where we are. But all good at that side. And contributor number two, Ian Mitchell. Hi, Ian. How are you getting on? Yeah, all good, mate. Um, I think I've just realised I've not been on a pod after a loss before. So, oh, wow. See how this goes. <laughs> a wee bit different. Well, listen, welcome to the club. You're in for an absolute yeah. treat. Goodness me. Um, don't forget, if you're not following us on social media, you can. We're available everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and Threads. Don't forget to comment and like and subscribe to everything we do. Hit your notifications on and you will get a notification every time we go live on a Sunday or a Monday or a Wednesday. Anytime we do our work from the gantry. I see that the comments down the right-hand side of the screen are going mad. If you want to really understand if something is happening or not, um, Fabrizio Romano has confirmed that Michael Beale, I think, is imminently not the Rangers manager. JB, the agenda has been ripped to bits. Um, I think it's quite safe to say that. So this is obviously breaking news as we're getting it. Um, where do you stand on it as things stand just now, JB? Yeah, I think the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? Um, I think for a lot of people, it was. It could have happened sooner. I think it could have happened straight after the, the old firm. Um, a few weeks back and I think I don't think anybody at that point would have been particularly shocked or disappointed, uh, which is never nice. Uh, obviously there's a human element that sits behind all of this. Um you never see anybody want to lose the lose the job and diff, diff, different things. But it's just it was it was getting to the point in the way it was used yesterday just got it was getting untenable. So in terms of the in terms of the reaction we were seeing in the stands yesterday, um there was always going to be a change quite quickly. Um I'm pleased that the board have done it quickly. I think if this had rumbled on another week, um, any credibility that they did have, I think, would have been would have been right in the river. So, yeah, um, it brings a midst of excitement as well. I would say um, it's, 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 it might give the fans a bit of a boost that we've needed because what we've seen on the pitch this season has been totally unacceptable. So, yeah, wait and see what 
wait and see what happens in the next few days will definitely be interesting as it always is with Rangers. Ian, this is obviously something that we've went through before almost exactly a year ago. Um, I'm really keen to know um, where you're coming from. What was your, what your mind tonight knowing that we're going to be looking for an 18th permanent manager? It's a hard one because like what Jerry says, I think this was what we expected to happen, what we wanted to happen, but I'm a little bit surprised that we've gone ahead and gone through it in a good way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I personally wanted him gone after the Celtic game because I, th- I think we all knew we might leave it too late and now I'm just a bit worried that we've done that. Seven points is a lot to catch up on. We know how consistent Celtic are in this league, so that's one issue, but as JB says, it's, it's good it's done. Got a big game on Thursday now and hopefully a new man can come in and sort of galvanise the squad a little bit and get as you say, get some exciting going. It's, it's becoming a bit of a chore going to Ibrooks. Um, and hopefully we can spin that around a little bit now. And listen, you know, one of the things that um, I very rarely cover things that other guys do on this podcast. However, if you're a follower of this Ibrox, you will know that Kyle McLean, every Wednesday night when he starts, he kicks off with an on this day. Um, and curiously enough, on this day last year, and it feels like ages ago, um, Rangers went to Tynecastle and pumped hearts for nothing in their own backyard thanks to a double from Antonio Cholak, Ryan Kent scoring, and Alfredo. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Scott. That's the announcement from the club. Is, is that a big concern, JB? Yeah. Do you have anything in front of you officially? Um, it just came up on the uh, Twitter headline or X, whatever you call it now. Rangers can confirm. There you go. So we 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 now know that Rangers are now seeking their um their next manager. Um. And listen, I think you're right, JB, in the first instance. I think it's a, it's a great point. There's a, there's a human approach to it that has to be a, a bit of an empathetic approach to it, I think, as well. Guy's lost his job and moved his family back up here again after moving down south. So um, I think there's a there's a couple of different threads that will continue to to come from this as, as time passes. Um, Listen, we, I had great intentions of speaking about the Aberdeen game, but this is going to take up the huge part of the night. I'm, I'm not going to lie about it. Um, JB, I, Tommy and Craig were in the gantry yesterday at Ibrox, and, and one of the things that they did discuss in a bit of depth was the the appropriateness, if you like, of having a director of football in ahead of a new manager. And, of course, we're commenting that before we knew that, um, before we were aware, rather, that, that Michael Beale was going to be out of job. We now know that's the case. Um Speak to me about the, this DOF football, the sporting director, the effectively the the, the Ross Wilson role. Um, do we need that in place first before we get someone else in to take the team? Yes, if they are down the road of getting a director of football. Uh, however, if we're if if we're starting the search for a director of football now, then then no. Do you know what I mean? I think years. I mean, let's have it right. Football's been going for hundreds of years and. A director of football hasn't been hasn't always been there. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't there particularly in the soonest days. Walter Smith. I don't think there was one with Dick Advocat. Obviously, Advocat moved upstairs when McLeish came in. That didn't last long. Um, I appreciate it's the sexy thing to do now to have a director of football. It keeps an eye on all of your football from the ground up. It keeps a consistent playing style and everything else that goes with it. I think a director of football is great if things are going well. Um, however, what, what the position we're in right now, we need, we we just need the best man for the job. We just need to get a winner in the door. Um, I'll worry about the director of full football afterwards. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong, as I say, if we are quite far down the road with one, then then great. But um, if we're not, then I, I I wouldn't be risking it because that's gonna that's that's gonna take a longer yeah. process. Um, the only thing you can hope is that. If that person is ready, you'd like to think if that director football is ready, they've got a shortlist, um, red good good to go. Uh, there was all there was a lot of talk when Ross Wilson was in place that he had this list of managers. Uh, I think Hassel Hooten from Southampton, I think if memory serves me right, I think he was quite heavily involved in that. So something like that would have been a natural fit at the time for somebody that's worked with someone before. But at the end of the day, if we're looking for a director of football that's going to come in and try and direct to play similar football to what we've been playing this season, then that's definitely not what we need. We need someone that's going to rip it up, uh, someone that's going to be quite aggressive. Um, do we have? Do we need an experienced director of football? I don't know. I mean, the Ajax model, um, they seem to do quite a good job of appointing ex-players. 
Um, I know we do like to go down the staunch avenue sometimes, but um, whether that is whether that's what we need right now, I'm just not sure. I just want I just want to see somebody standing at the side of the pitch that gives a, a good representation of Rangers Football Club and a winner. Um, Gerard ticked them boxes from a winner, winner's perspective. Uh, you could see his eyes when whenever we lost, you felt as if it was it was almost he was hurting as much as much as us. Um, these na- these coaches nowadays and these new form coaches, it's it, you can see it in their eyes. They're almost like, "What did I do wrong?" As opposed to actually disappointed about losing. So, um, round about the hours in terms of your question around director of football, I honestly don't know what 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 would be best. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Obviously, this is a, a, a developing story. So, um, a couple of guys are, are jumping in and out of the chat, just confirming. Why I assume the statement is saying, obviously, we've got the statement in front of me just now. Um, I did try to bring up my Twitter, but I just almost ordered Twister, which I can sell. Um, Stephen Davis seems to be the guy that's been put in charge from an interim perspective. Alex Ray, who comes out of nowhere, um, is going to be involved alongside the, the current coach in and around the academy, Stephen Smith. Brian Gilmer's involved as well, who's directly involved in, in the B team, um, supporting David McCallum and Colin Stewart, who is, of course, there and has been there for a long time. So it looks like, Ian, um, everyone is basically being moved out um, and we will be seeing a full new management team coming back in over the full of time. There's no danger that the one, two, three, four, five guys that have been mentioned will be the be effectively that Stephen Davis won't be the new 19th manager of, of Rangers Football Club. There's no danger of that, but they're obviously been into the steady ship. Get them through Thursday night in Cyprus and probably get them through Paisley next Sunday, which won't be an easy trip. No, certainly not. Um, and that's the one I'm more worried, worried about in terms of this coming week, um, to be quite honest. But no, I'm just trying to get my head around the statement, really. Um, we have gone like uber staunch with this lineup. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not against it, to be fair. I think it makes sense. It's a guy who's in around the club, knows kind of what the fans are expecting. I, I, that was my worry that we brought in an interim who didn't really get Rangers and get. Scottish football and stuff like that, you have that little grace period. So I think this does make sense in a lot of ways, um, whether it's getting a director of football in place and then a manager or the manager that we want isn't available just now. There's so many variables that we're never going to know. Yeah. So Davis in, Alex Ray's got a good bit of knowledge. I, I thought he was still coaching down in the Championship, like Redden or something recently, wasn't was, was he doing something? He certainly was involved down there recently. Yeah. I was involved with Paul Ince and it. Somewhere, I think, very recently, he's obviously he's clearly not doing that. I, I've seen him um, doing some media stuff back and forward in and around the country. So um, he's obviously still in and around the club. Um, he it, Interesting how the, and the, the gut reaction is to go to Alex Ray to come yeah. in and, and assist Stephen Davis. That, that surprises me a little bit. Um, you, there are other guys they could have went to. Um, listen, there's, there's two guys who, who I, I think could have been involved in an interim period with maybe a view to it being something more permanent. That, and that is obviously a guy like Kevin Thompson and dare I say Barry Ferguson. People won't like it, but but they're definitely guys that, that could have came in and probably done exactly. Neil McCann, RF372, suggests Neil McCann as well, who I think could have done a very similar job um, to, to Alex Ray. So I'm maybe a little bit surprised that Alex Ray um, comes really out of nowhere into the into the group, but needless to say, goodness me, we we wish them all the very best. It can't be an easy time to to be applying your your food Ibrox, never mind being being the leader, JB. Um, listen, I know you travel up from from down south for for every home game, effectively. Um, before you left yesterday, um, what was your gut reaction travelling north for a game against Aberdeen at Ibrox? Yeah, no, we were talking offline. Uh, my general feel for yesterday is we were either going to win 3 0 or we were going to lose 3 0. Um, and that's just been a reflection of the games that we've seen this season. Um, the Motherwell game, we had two off the line. I don't care whether the stats tell us that we were we were good. Um, the eye test sometimes just doesn't fail you. Um, we could have, we were getting, we got pummeled for about 20 minutes against Motherwell at home. So once you kind of seen that, you, you you know it's not it's not great. It's not looking. Things needed to be 
I think things needed to change quickly in terms of when we were getting got at, we just looked as if we were drowning. Uh, you, that was also the case in a number of games. PSV, just everything they hit went in, and because uh, other than the, the couple of Butland could get to. So it's almost the case with this Rangers team. If we go one behind, I've got very little faith that they're actually bringing it back. So it's, it's one that we're going to have to... We're going to have to just, we're going to, have to take it on the chin in terms of the, the last result, but you just hope that the current team are just, the current team that are coming in now are, are going to just try and get a message over to the players how, how important the next two games are and just trying to keep, just trying to steady the ship. Uh, but yeah, long trip up yesterday, long trip back, but uh, we we kind of, are, we are where we are. Um, as I say, I've seen, I've seen worse. We've been, we've been through worse collectively, uh, albeit I've never seen an atmosphere like that at Ibrox. Uh, but we've been through worse days as a club and hopefully we, we start to look forward now, which I know we've said a few times over the last couple of years, but we've, we've got no other option, have we? So, yeah, let's see what happens. Ian, you know what I have said recently, and I, I think I've said on the podcast previously, I'm, I'm very aware that when we watched Rangers recently, um, I felt it's very much the, been the same movies with the same actors. And I, I do think that there's some of maybe the... the the senior members of the group that, that probably do have to, to step up and, and take a bit more, um, not not leadership, that's not the right word, but just take more responsibility. You, you look at the sorry, the back four, we've got Captain Goldson, and I, I think Ben Davies or John Shooter, whoever's playing in there alongside Connor Goldson, gets a bit of a patch, to be frank. Um, and Borna, more often than not, when he's playing um, at left back, these are three guys who I think you just look a bit, you look for more from them as far as responsibility is concerned and just that, do you know what I mean, puff out their chest and, and drag everyone through it. We're all of a of a similar ilk to we've, we've watched, and I, I go back to Barry Ferguson, we've watched Barry Ferguson drag Rangers through games sometimes week on week. Um, there's no one in that team that can do it just now. There's, there's literally no one who's dragging us through games. Um, and in big games at Ibrox, you have to have someone who's prepared to put a cock in the block and absolutely drag you and everyone else on the journey throughout the game to the 90th minute. We don't have anyone like that just now. Rangers 1979, thanks for watching tonight. Captains has to change now also. Tav has been a serial failure in that role. Um, nothing changes until he's removed that duty. I almost think by bringing in Stephen Davis, it suggests that that absolutely won't change because Stephen Davis knows these guys so well. Yeah, I I totally get what you're saying, but I don't think the captaincy thing these days is as big as it was 15, 20 years ago and beyond. Yeah. I think it's more individually, everyone should be pushing on a bit more. I mean, we've we've relied on Tav for three, four seasons at least now to have the moments, be the player. And I think this squad still do that. There's so many times where, like Sifuentes, for example, has just come in the door. Anything he gets the ball, he looks to his right and gives it to Tav. There's no like individual responsibility. He should be going, right, I'll drive at the team. I'll make that killer pass. I'm not having a big chest at Sifuentes here. It's just an no. example I see so often. Um, Golson gets the ball, gives it to Tav, and it's like, right, Tav, go do something. On you go. And yeah. Tav isn't that player. Well, no, he's not the player he was even last season. It's horrible to say, but he's not that same guy. So he's not got that in him to do that and make that spark. And if Tav isn't doing it, that's when it leads back to your point. No one else is doing it. There's no one else who has the craft, the ability, the arrogance to say, I'm a Rangers player. You're an Aberdeen player. You're a Motherwell player. You're a living... I'm better than you kind of thing. I just don't see that in this squad. But I think a lot of that comes from not only the tactics, but the way Beal sort of acted as well at the sides a little bit. Like, where I sit, just sort of quite low down the government. It's a good view of Beal, albeit from a mile away, but I can see everything he's doing. He just sits there most of the time. He just stands there a lot of the time. There's no, yeah. There's no Walter Smith barking at players. There's no screaming at them. And I'm not saying that's going to make us a better team. Like it's, it's not the eighties. I don't think that works as well either. But if you're not getting that enthusiasm and drive from the manager, manager, sorry, yeah. it then just feeds down the whole club through captain, vice captain, midfield attack. I don't think it's a go for Tav kind of thing. This whole issue. I think there's just. Tactics issue, management issue, this issue, that issue, yeah. personnel issue, transfer issue. There's so much to this. Absolutely. It all goes back to Bill for me. 
you know, I, JB, I think Ian's absolutely right. One of the things I've said, and I've said it to other people, is is that we of the of the guys that sit that sit alongside Michael Wheel, um, Harry Watling hasn't come and running off his chair to scream at someone for letting the ball go or doing something they're not doing right. Neil Banfield certainly isn't doing the same thing. Damien Matthew isn't doing the same thing. And previously, I while I, I while I think we, we we shouldn't be in a situation where we're encouraging people to to obviously roar and, and shout and, and get right in about people's skin. When you're getting beat three nothing or three one or one nil down at Aberdeen, when you've went one nil down at Celtic, sometimes it needs just someone voice outside to say, Wow, we're making a right out of this and we better get our finger out or we've got a real big problem. And I think too often I think I actually think in the last two regimes, um, under Giovanni and under the, the now recently finished Michael Beale regime, um, there's been no one on the bench who's been prepared to come off and really shout the odds. And it's high time some of them got that, to be perfectly frank. No. Oh. Look at big clubs. If you look at the likes of Manchester City and even down Liverpool, for example, obviously two clubs um, quite close to me. And they're best managers and best coaches in the world, but you see their assistants. They're out, they're fiery, they're in the referees here, they're having a go, they're, they're talking to players and they might be coordinating things, but one thing's for certain, the you see more you do see a lot of more assistant managers getting yellow cards and red cards because of the fact that they're almost taking one for the manager. Yeah. I, I don't see any of this current coaching team. And to be honest, it's been the last couple of years now that we haven't really seen that. Um I think Beal under Gerard, I think, was almost uh, he was almost your guy that was gonna jump up because I don't think there's any there's, there's probably no denying that he's probably quite a good coach. Do you know what I mean? And there's but but is is he a good manager? So he might jump up and tweak things. We've seen it quite a lot in Europe. Um, when we were there and a couple of times against them where we just tweaked something quite subtly and you can see that Beal was probably the guy that's, that stood behind that. Uh, but in terms of that, that extra little bit of passion, um, that's one thing I'll be massively looking for from the next Rangers manager is passion. Um, I think we need somebody as a bit of a figurehead that you go, you know what, he gets it. Um, I want me players to be going into that changing rooms um, and I know Ian said it's almost like it's it's not the 80s, but I want me, me, me players to be going in that room, going to that changing room, going, oh no, he's going to go right through his ear, as opposed to somebody picking up a clipboard. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you look, well, there's, there's, there's been a little bit of nastiness in there. Do you know what I mean? If you look at the likes of Sunes or uh, Walter, Walter. Um, Alex McLeish, even Advocat to a slightly lesser extent. You almost thought, yep. if they go, you'll know about it. Uh, but the, needless to say, the guys who haven't been particularly successful, your your modern coaches, which I think I said earlier, we haven't seen we haven't seen it. So your Warburtons, your I mean your Pedros will will we'll, we'll put into one side for a second because he, he he didn't know whether he was coming or going in. Um, and then obviously Gio for for all all he done for the club as a player, and again might be another really nice guy. Uh, but if you're getting beat one 0 you need someone to go in there and give you a bit of inspiration, someone yeah. to boot you off the arse. I just don't think we've seen it for a wee while. Now that person hasn't got to be a uber staunch character. Do you know what I mean? It would probably help because of the fact that they can say right, this isn't good enough, and this is why. But um, to, to your point, I don't think he, I don't think that there was certainly this manager. He got his back. He's got his backroom team wrong, in my opinion. He, he he filled it full of his his yes men. It kind of felt like um, in all of the interviews when he, when he kind of came in, it was almost the bot. Oh, Mike, Mick's the boss. Michael's the boss. He's going to be having the final say. It's all for him. It's all for him. Uh, whereas I'd like to have seen someone goes, well, things aren't going well. I want to make sure that I've got me saying my manager knows that. Do you know what I mean? But it's um, that is definitely something I want to see in the profile of the new management setup. Uh, whether it be that the guy who's at the front, I certainly want a couple of people behind him that are, that are going to go to war for him, uh, go to war for the club if needed. Yeah, and listen, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I actually. And maybe on the other half side of the fence a little bit, I think some of these players absolutely need someone to come in and give them a right tone in the rear end. Frankly, I really do. I, I, 
I think there's quite a few of them that have just got away with it with treading water for the last couple of years. Um, and I, I do think there's one or two of them that, that need a bit of a, a harsh word. Um, listen, I've got the official club statement in front of me now, so if you bear with me, I'll read it out to you. Rangers Football Club can confirm it's parted company with the men's first team manager, Michael Beale. The Rangers board would like to put on record their thanks to Michael and his staff for their efforts in joining the club last November. Results this season have fallen short of what everyone connected to Rangers would expect. Therefore, the decision was reached today to terminate the contracts of the manager, as well as the contracts of coaches Neil Banfield, Damian Matthew, Harry Watling and Jack Aid. The club is pleased to announce that Stephen Davis will lead the interim management team. The team will consist of former Rangers player and hugely experienced coach Alex Ray, former Rangers player and current coach Stephen Smith, coach Brian Gilmer and goalkeeping coach Colin Stewart. Rangers chairman John Bennett confirmed I'd like to thank Michael for his dedicated work since rejoining the club last November. It's clear that results have fallen well short of the board's, Michael's and our supporters' expectations. The search process for the new manager is already underway. I wish Stephen Davis and the interim management team every success. They will remain in charge for as long as it takes to make the right appointment. So, um, listen, that brings us quite nicely on to, uh, you would imagine, the decision makers at the club, and that is John Bennett and, and James Bisgrove. Um, Ian, do we trust them to bring in the right person? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm probably going to go against the grain a little bit here and not berate the board too much because when Beale came in, I thought that made sense. I was quite happy at the appointment. I think a lot of people were, but they're not going to admit that at this point. But I think it made sense. And yeah, you can look back and say he wasn't experienced. He was at QPR for five minutes, etc., etc. But I was excited by it. So I can't then go back and say, oh, how dare they get him then, etc. Whatever. Um, like I say, I would have sacked him sooner, but they have acted quick after yesterday. So again, that credit for that. Um, and Bill got back in, which I don't think previous managers got. Again, that's not on this board in particular. So we need to give him a chance. Um, I think we all know that our group chat proves there's no outstanding candidate that we want in at the moment. There's, there's so many variables, so many potential, but I've not seen a name yet other maybe than Graham Potter that I'm overly excited by. And again, I don't think he's that realistic. It's just a kind of bit of a dream to get him, I think. So when you go that level down, who knows who it could be. So I'm more than happy to give them the chance to get it right um, and then go for it from then. JB, one of the things that I I, I ask Ian about um, John Bennett and James Bisgrove, there's been loads of bits and pieces about, about James Bisgrove in the last week. Well, we saw at the weekend that Edmondson House has sold something like 30 million pints, which he was delighted to, to share with the fans, which is great for Edmondson House, frankly, and well done to tenants for giving us all that beer. But um, we're ultimately a football club and we have to, we must, must, must get this next appointment right because we're now into October, incredibly, seven points adrift, um, out of the Champions League with a whimper. The display in Holland was a disgrace. Um, we had a shocking afternoon against Celtic and our own patch. We've had a terrible afternoon the weekend past against Aberdeen. I'll ask you, do you think John Bennett and James Bisgrove can get the right person in? Do you trust them to go and get someone in, ground running? And crucially, and this is really important, come January, how much money is he going to have? Michael Beale has just horsed away however many million, 12, 13 million in the summer. We're going to imagine have to pay off him and the four others maybe between two and three. So there's a lot of money went out on this football club in the last six months. Not even that. Is there going to be more money available for a newbie to come in in January and, and, and fork out? So to your first question, do we trust the board to make the right appointment? I'm going to, I'm going to I'm kind of going to go with Ian. I think I think we we we've got to hope. Do you know what I mean? You say no, but um, I think it's one of them. You can you can argue for both sides. I think whoever we bring in, let's have it right. There's gonna be it's not gonna be the right man in everybody's eyes. Everything's yeah. gonna be opinionated. There's gonna be we might bring somebody in that might be an older, let's just say an, uh, someone from an old, the older generation who's maybe been around the block and done it and gone right has proved that they can they can win things. Let's have it right. If they're not at a club at the moment,
and if they if they've got all this success behind them, then as I say, they, they, they would have been there's that many teams around European football that they would have been picked up. Do you know what I mean? So we are going to be we are going to be looking for a manager that needs to revitalise the career. Do you know what I mean? So. The other option is to go down the modern coach. So somebody that has proved that they can, um, they've had a bit of success and the relative success. So I mean, Ian's talked about Potter there. My my only concern with Potter is, is, is it a philosophy manager of somebody that might have us playing lovely football, but does he know what it's like to manage a team like Glasgow Rangers? Right. Yeah. Uh, he was given obviously the best part of a billion pounds with by Chelsea and, I appreciate that's a bit of a bit of a basket case of a club at the best of times, uh, but it's almost a case of is he the guy that's going to give the bollockins out that we've just said earlier that we want? Well, I want from my next manager. Is he the guy that's gonna? Oh my God, Graham's Graham's going to be doing his nut when he goes in there, or is he going to be pointing to the clipboard because he's a real good coach? Um, which Brighton's expectations, Swansea's expectations. Oh, I think I've lost you, JP. Just wonder whether he's got that bal- that balance. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, you've got to give the to Ian's, but you've got to give the board the benefit of the doubt. They did, they did fund the manager to a point. Now, obviously, there was a there, there was always going to be a, a massive need to to revitalise the squad and refresh it. Do I think we're in a better position than where we were that on this day last year when we beat Hard four 0 which you were going <laughs> earlier? No, I don't. I think we had a. We kind of had a bit of a style and a structure, but we needed to kind of improve the quality that was in that starting eleven. Um, but we, we we've just gone backwards massively, haven't we? So I think it's going to. So jumping back to your question, do I think the board will get the right person? I think they'll consult. I think they'll have to, with no director of football being in there. I'd like to think it wasn't up to them two to make the make the call. I'd like yeah. to think they realised the contacts that they. You'd like to think they both have got in the game. Um and bring and hopefully make sure that it's uh it's not the fans' choice. It's not who the fans want. Fans have proved the Rangers fans have proved and we touched on it earlier, the minority will now say, I told you so about Bale. Do you know what I mean? And there was people typical people didn't want Gerard, there was a handful of people that didn't want Geo at the time, but they kind of come out after the event, after the ships kind of sailed. So whoever we bring in, it's gonna to have to just be. It's gonna to have to be backed, and you're just gonna to have to hope that the manager gets the best out of this. What I think is a very average group of players that we've got at the club at the moment. Um, try and get them through to January with a league cup. I mean, what an opportunity for a manager to come in and their first responsibilities to win a cup in, hopefully over the next eight weeks or so. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's certainly gonna be an interesting few days. I was yeah. gonna just before I jump in, Scott. Sorry. If- no. If Stephen Davis wins the League Cup and closes that gap of seven points, then when does that start becoming a conversation? Because if he's doing well, is is he the next like long term? And listen, I, I think that that's that's a fair point. I think what whatever happens now is we're in a we're in a state of flux in the sense that we know that it's there's seven points in it. I've read over the weekend that the league is done, it's gone, we're not gonna make that back. Um, I think that's a little bit up for debate, to be perfectly honest with you. But I think it's a fair point. Do you know what I mean? If, if Stephen Davis manages to to close the gap, wins at Hamden um, the semi-final in the first instance, assuming he's still the guy in charge for the semi-final, of course, um, and then he gets maybe the opportunity to, to lead the team out in a final. Of a final, that let, let's not beat around the bush here. That's a tournament we have to win this year. So the the importance of having the right person in the job to win that tournament is equally as important as having the right person long term. For me, that's a, a trophy that we won regularly, um, up until sort of 2011, I think was the last time we won it. We have to um, make sure we win that this year. There's never a better opportunity for a Rangers manager, whoever he or she is. Really care if you're watching. We're not ruling you out. Um, you can come in and 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 really sort of 
put yourself as a marker for that job on, on a full-time basis. Listen, one thing I would like to say, I did, um, I brought it up on screen, Derek Zero um, donated to the channel £1.99, which we're hugely grateful for. Thank you, Derek. We really appreciate that. If you are um, getting involved in, in the comments, it's a bit wild in there tonight, I have to say. So we will try and, and bring them up as best we can. I've seen lots of names in there, Ian. So Michael O'Neill, um, which I don't think would be too terrible an appointment, to be perfectly honest with you. But the one that um, really got my attention um, was Neil Warnock. Um, now, while I'm not suggesting that um, Neil Warnock would be the man, what a giggle it would be him coming up to manage Rangers for six months or so, would it not? It would not be a dull moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, and as, as we're looking for somebody to give him a ball, can then... He, he ticks the box, yeah. Um, it is. It's interesting because I feel like it'd be quite likely of us to either go experienced director of football and not very experienced manager, or yeah. the opposite way. So, not Warnock exactly, but a, a manager of Warnock's experience, I think, could suit us if we're going for a director of football that's like up and coming. Yeah. So I think there's a balance to be struck there, um, which could be a perfect blend. It could could be what we're kind of looking for. Um, because the markets we're in just now are not top tier for either of those positions. Yeah. So there's going to be a sort of balance to that. Do you get someone that's on the way up and a little bit unknown just now? Um, or do you go for a Warnock? But I mean, if Warnock came in, I don't think I'd like it, to be honest. Um, I don't know if he quite matches what I want, but I let the fun begin. Yeah, throw some more names in. It's, it's all about now. JB, what's your ingredients for a successful Rangers manager? Next guy that comes in, what, what is he? Who, not who does he have to be, but what does he have to have? A winner, pure and simple. And a somebody that we know is a winner from the outset and is, he makes his players look and feel like winners as well. Um, yeah. I think it needs, it needs to be somebody that is... Somebody that obviously represents the club well, but someone that you just wouldn't want to mess with, for me. Uh, again, for my weather, I'm going a, bit, a wee bit too old school, but... Um, yeah, I want someone that's going to stand on that line and go, you know what, I'm proud to have him as my manager. I'm proud I'm proud he's going into battle for us, do you know what I mean? Uh, both on and off the pitch, someone that's not going to stand any messing, someone that's going to, uh, when he speaks, people listen. When he walks into a room, then yeah. the room goes silent type of guy. Um, now, that's just my preference, do you know what I mean? I, I probably think that the younger generation would probably want somebody with a fancy name and someone with a... Um, some of the that you can maybe watch just one of his seminars online or something, but um, yeah, that's certainly what I'm looking for. But again, who is that? Uh, to Ian's point earlier about a, a modern day captain, what does that look and feel like? You're not getting Richard Goffs and Terry Butchers and and the likes going to be rocking up anymore. It's not in the current game. It's not. It's not the style. Uh, by all accounts, Tav does a lot for the team off the pitch. Now, yeah. which is absolutely fine. I've got no problem with that. Uh, but I want, and again, just to continue the question, I want my captain to be a captain on the pitch. I want him to be the guy that, you know what, is leading from the front. I want my captain to be the person that you think will, put, will break the leg to put the ball over the line. I don't yeah. want my captain to be the guy that backs out of a 50-50 at home to Aberdeen or a 60-40 in his favour. And then, then it's, his arse has dropped out of it, you know what I mean? Um, I think the whole, the, I, I know that goes all the way to the top. You want your, you want your chairman to almost be the, the figurehead. I'd like to, see, I'd like to see, um, obviously, um, Bennett and Bisgrove are, a, they're, they're always the dangerous mix, aren't they? It's always the case of, uh, yeah, Tout and Big Dunk. I've seen Big Dunk at Everton a few games, and uh, he's got off to a good start at Inverness, but. Um, yeah, someone, someone of that ilk with a wee bit more coaching ability about them, I would say. <laughs> Do you know, I, I, we're joking. It's, a, it's, it's, all, it's difficult to laugh tonight. You're, you're very aware that you're, you're kind of looking at a, you're looking at a managerless club now. And I, I love to use the term rudderless, but things are, are not good. And, and I don't think you can underestimate the importance of the next the next week in the first instance because we've obviously got a big Europe, Europa League tie. We've got a trip to Paisley on um, on Sunday afternoon. Um, and then we've got the break. And it'll be really important for me, Ian, as to how the how the break's used. I don't know if... I don't know if I would like 
Stephen Davis and Alex Ray were the best in the world still to be in charge the other side of the international break. I would almost like someone to be in charge for when the guys, not a lot of players go out and play international football. We saw from the last game back, when they came back after international duty, they've all been training for two weeks. So a core of the squad will be in and around the training centre. So it's really important that I think we have someone in there who can work with these players immediately, effectively straight away, get them into um, a, a better mindset and and into the new manager's way of thinking. I wonder if you sit on that, Ian, as far as the importance of getting that new person in in this next three-week period. Yeah, massively. I think this next week or two weeks is is all about touting out names, doing first round interviews, second round interviews, whatever that comes to. Um, because yeah, people will say the league's done and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's the first of October. The league's not done. Celtic aren't the Celtic of the last few seasons. Um, and as we've touched on, there's a massive game for the semi final coming up. So there's plenty to play for. Good run in Europe potentially sitting there waiting for us. So the quicker we get this sorted, the better. But I will caveat that with, I think, director of football is a position that you don't want to bring in a manager and then a director of football. So it depends what we're doing with that. I mean, I think we need to know what we're doing with that and whether Bisgrove and, and Cole know that just now. I don't really know. So I would expect a director of football by this point. So this, this is where I touched on the whole Stephen Davis thing, if he's doing well. I mean, I'm not saying he should get the job because I saw about 10 comments coming at me for that. So that's not what I'm saying here. But if we are plan a director of football, I think that has to be a priority. But then I know that's a much longer process and we need someone in the door now. So whether we patch the director of football until the summer and go this manager only way, but we saw how that worked with Bill. So there's, there's just so many different variables this can come from and go to. And I just, I've got no idea how we're going to set this up. But yeah, we need something sorted and then confirmed just to get a bit of stability in that for sure. Can any, of, yeah, can any of these guys take the squad on Thursday? I will. One, one of them will clearly have to. I am. I wouldn't be at all surprised. I'm, I'm just thinking from a, from a badger's perspective, there needs to be some outlets. Maybe Alec Ray's done them in the background or something. Because Davis, I'm sure, I'd be amazed if he's got his A license this this soon. But I think um, I think that may be indeed one of the reasons why Alex Ray's. Been, yeah. been in, to be honest with you, I think there's awareness that if if Michael Beale was to leave and and take X amount of bodies with him, i.e. all his bodies, um, we would um, we would end up with, with Alex Ray in there just to support Terry Monroe. So we'd have him back and yeah. um, believes that believes that, that Davis has has the badges as as Hugo Bear. Um, sort of clarifies one thing. I do want we want to read a couple of. Um, quotes if I may from the game yesterday we now know of course it was Michael Beale's last game in charge at Ibrox um, and this is what Michael Beale said to, to the BBC Scotland um, post-match, um, a horrible result that's for sure, first half we started the game well we had three or four big chances to go in front then we get caught in a set play we don't do well enough with, after the sending off things become more difficult in terms of chances we had the most it's schoolboy, it's not good enough people not tracking the runners, we've beaten 3-1 because of that today People have ultimately not doing their jobs now. Um, it's not good enough for me. The players or anyone at the club, rightly, the criticism will be justified tonight. We thought we had turned the corner. At all times, you had a team on the pitch capable of getting a better result. The position we find ourselves in so early in the season is poor. It's a really bad day for everybody. We'll have to be prepared for Thursday night. We're light in numbers and I need people to stand up and be counted for. Um, on his future, he hadn't spoken to anyone about it. Everyone realises where we are and it needs to be better. If we end up getting beat up the scoreline, we would never lose by here at Ibrox of a team like Aberdeen. Um, in reference to the fans, and this is where I'm going to go with this, maybe I'll come to you in a second. Um, the fans want to see results. I get it. I understand what I was getting myself involved in. We need to make it up to them. Everyone needs to do better. We have to take it on because we take the praise as well. I'm more than confident with my work. Less talk, more action. The same quote that came in the press post-match. Michael Beale said, sometimes the supporters could help the players more. Um, where do you go with that? Um, I'll try not to swear. Um, <laughs> I think the problem you've got with these managers, um, and that includes some of our players, they've never been fans, as much as they might think that they maybe have been. Um, they've never got up at six o'clock to do a, a six-hour journey. They've never jumped on a flight to go and um, to go and stand in the piss and rain in 
all over the arseholes of Europe. It's it's one of them. It's easy to say that. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't like the booing of Dessas going off the pitch. Um, I'm not a massive fan of that. I felt that was a bit that that bordered on personal. Now I appreciate it was a bad day all round. I don't think we should really, as a range support, think we should have a wee bit more class than that in terms of that, that level of abuse. I could get the frustration. I think booing the team as a whole. I think you, you, you get it. Do you know what I mean? The the, the for me, there wasn't a lot, a lot, enough effort there collectively. I thought we were tactically naive, certainly in the second half. Yeah. So I kind of get that. But in terms of the support that this club has gave this group of players and the club as a whole over the years, um, I think that is, I think that almost feels like a wee bit of a part and shot that for me. Uh, you'd hope not, because I'd say you'd like your managers to leave on the best of terms, as I'd like to think Gio did. Yeah. Um, but. I think he's just clutching at straws, isn't he? Um, as I say, as a fan base, we're demanding. Uh, and at the end of the day, if you can't accept that, um, then then that Rangers isn't the place for you. I think Mark Warburton made the comment that his heart sunk when we held up, uh, whether we held up a banner or was it the card saying going for 55? Yeah. He said his heart stopped, his, his, his stomach dropped. And, th- and as soon as I heard that, I thought, so this was after he'd left Rangers. I was like, right, mate, that's why you're not the manager of Rangers Football Club anymore. Do you know what I mean? Um, I'd like my manager, if they've seen that, when, when that went up, go, you know what, that's a bit of me, that. I'll, um, I'm going to do all that I can to do that. One thing I wouldn't, what my manager's saying is my stomach dropped. Do you know what I mean? So I think it needs to be, a, um, again, back to them characteristics that you said earlier. It's someone that just knows that they're going to win and they're going to do all. They're going to give it their all to do so. But yeah, really poor for me that. Ian JB refers to the um, the booing, um, which which was, I am with JB. I, I don't think it's the way that we should conduct ourselves. We can be frustrated and and pissed off. I I totally get that, but I I do think that. The boon yesterday, Tam McCann, I, I think, uses a really appropriate word for it, and it is it, that it was toxic. I think that's absolutely fair. Um, where do you stand on that? I think that it's a probably a sad reality in where our seasons went that we have spoke quite a lot about the players being booed off so far this season, and it's the end of September. Yeah, um, Bill saying the fans should be given more kind of thing. I mean, how, it's just deluded for me. The players should be giving us more from the first game of this season, to be honest. I mean, I, I always try and be as, as calm as possible. Eyebrows and things are going wrong and sort of take a, a breath and think, like, let's relax here. These are good players just having a bad moment, etc. and that. But no, individually terrible, managerial terrible, results terrible. Eyebrows is boring to go to just now and to watch. and, and I feel for JB having such a commute to get there. I'm 20 minutes to Dumbarton and I'm still dreading every minute of that journey going there. I don't know. So it's it's so, it's just, you should be going to Ibrox full of like excitement and a buzz and thinking, oh, I'll see good football, I'll see goals, I'll see tempo, great passing. There's none of that. There's, there's none of that. And for that, the interview from Bill did seem very defensive to me. Like it wasn't Bill's fault, it was the injury's fault and it was the fans' fault and it was the players not doing this. I mean, there's only one guy who can sit and actively make changes to that game yesterday. And not just yesterday, this is the Motherwell game, this is the game before, this is every game so far this season, he's just not made the changes that we need to see in the moment. And that, that's that's why I would have got rid of him a while ago. I just don't think he's got that... Or Sorry, he does have that arrogance that his way is right and no other way will work. And he, he's so stubborn with this shape and this player and this movement kind of thing. And Ibrox is toxic because of the team and the cause of Bill just now. So to put the blame on the fans is a bit it's just a bit cheap for me to be honest. I don't like it at all. Yeah, absolutely. No, I completely agree with you. I think that's absolutely fair. You put it very well as well, Perry's that um, I'm going to ask you both very shortly who you want um your new manager to be. So I'll give you some time to think about it. Not you, JB, however, because I want you to come in next. Um one of the things that almost all of the new signings that have came in and bear in mind the rear end has been in Glasgow now for maybe about three months. Um, they were brought in based on Michael Beale and the presentation that everyone heard about. And this was the plan. This was how, how it was going to be. Um, I look at guys like Sam Lammers, who he went and spent time with in Italy. Um, 
I look at guys like Jose Sifuentes, who we chased for this summer. I'm still not entirely sure why. Um, I wonder where their mind is tonight, knowing that the guy that they've moved across Europe, right across the world in Sifuentes' case, I wonder where their mind is tonight, knowing that they're effectively starting again if the new guy comes in and doesn't fancy them. Um, what does it mean for them? They'll soon know because I'm relatively sure that if Alex Ray is assistant for a small period of time, they will absolutely hear Alex Ray shouting at them. There's no two ways about that. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to think they'll, they'll see it as a, it's a fresh start, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one thing about the Rangers fans, we will we'll get behind a player. Do you know what I mean? There's probably not a player, other than maybe Butland, there's probably not a player in this in this current team or certainly teams gone by and years gone by, that probably hasn't been on the ceiling or on the floor. Do you know what I mean? There's very few that kind of just float through the middle. I mean, John Lundstrom was the best on earth, and obviously and then there was people in our group chat saying he's not even a professional footballer. Um, so I know that's a bit tongue-in-cheek, but there is definitely a... Um, there's just a higher expectation of, of players uh, once they come to Rangers. They've... Some players take to it instantly, some players thrive on it, and some players shrink. Um, unfortunately, we're seeing a lot of shrinking at the moment. Uh, I mean, poor Yilmaz, he can't shrink much more, but uh, he's an example. That, that run in midweek, um, that was like, was like, right, he's arrived, he's here. I even had somebody said that um, Dessas at the weekend could have his Yilmaz moment, or his Barisic away at St Mirren moment. It's... We will get behind the players if we think, one, they're giving it their all, and two, yeah. they're performing and they're winning. And they're, if they're winning their individual battles, I mean, you think about, we haven't had that much success over the recent years in Europe. Obviously, getting to Seville was a great achievement. But game on game, we almost go, you know what? They give it a right good go. We can't, we've been outclassed maybe, or whatever it might be, but they give it a right good go. Um, and when we have gone out of Europe, and you go, all right, yeah, sound. These things happen. Even when we were getting tonked by Celtic, we knew that we our players weren't they weren't good enough. So therefore, we 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 try to stick with them and go right. We'll just keep we'll keep demanding. We'll keep demanding. Uh, I think the frustration where we are at the moment though is these are all good players. Let's have it right. Um, I mean, I do think Michael Beale sees himself as a bit of a parole officer in terms of like I'll try and revitalise them and I'll. Uh, We've had a bit of a, a couple of dodgy few years, and I'll uh, I'm going to turn them round and get them back to being back to being the best. I do think that there's a little bit of arrogance there potentially, and I, I also get that that is the market that we're shopping in of uh, play, trying to bring players in that we can um, that we can revitalise. I.e., you like so your Todd Cantwell. I don't yeah. think you can have too many of them in your team. I think you need to have you need to have a core base of players that. I've been round the block. I call players of um, players who won things. I mean, yeah. if you take out the um, if you take out the the fifty five season and the Scottish Cup, I'd hate to see what the trophy count is amongst this current group of players. Yeah. I, I'd be surprised if it's striking double digits. Uh, not necessarily for Rangers, but previous clubs that they've been at, um, which which is which is horrendous for a, a Rangers team. If I think back of some of the signings, I appreciate there was money in years gone by. We were bringing in captains from Serie A when we were bringing in guys like Joris Tern to come and sit on the bench. Yeah. Now, that's not set me up for a Lewis Ferguson uh, pitch here, <laughs> by the way, who's, who's obviously just been made captain of Bologna. But um, we we'd almost we, we filled the team full of deadbeats and players who, uh, who you're just hoping can spark, but you can't have too many of them. Uh, and unfortunately, that's what we're seeing at the moment. Do you know the one thing that... Um... I thought very recently, and this is this is probably unfair, but I, I'll share it with you anyway. It was something Michael Beale said in a press conference not that long ago, and he sounded like a guy that spent a lot of time playing football manager at home. And I I can't remember exactly what the um what the quote was, but it just struck me as being a guy that spent a lot of time on on these games studying players i think it was he chased someone for a, a period of time and i thought wow there's guys that'll be sitting in their bedroom trying to get wickham up to the premiership who are instantly associating with, with what michael beale's saying there um cubby is absolutely right the chapter is is now over rangers are now looking forward to um a 19th permanent manager um 
Ian, who's it going to be? Who, who do you think is going to come in as, as the new guy, whether it is October, November, December, January? Is it going to be this season? Could Stephen Davis surprise us all and, and hold on to the job for, for the next week while? Since you asked me this, I've been racking my brain for any name that stands out, and I've not got one. I really have not got a clue. I want, I want a Rangers man, but I don't see a Rangers man who's got the experience that we kind of look for and need right now. I mean, guys like Kevin Thompson, Barry Ferguson, even like Shot Averladze, these guys haven't had a big gig. I mean, Shot Averladze's maybe had the biggest of those three, and I wouldn't be too excited if he came in the door. Um, I saw tweets this morning about uh, Reese McCabe with Airdrie. I mean, that's madness if someone can go from Airdrie to us, regardless how well they're doing. So I'm so torn because I want someone who knows the Scottish game, knows what Rangers is, is about, and, and just you don't have that little learning period about that. Like, there's a lot of chat about like, Ralph Hassenhutl, who's known for good football, pressing football, aggressive football. That ticks a lot of the boxes that I would want to see us play. Yeah. But I don't know if he'd appreciate the job he's come into until you know months down the line. So I, I really I don't I don't know what I want to see, and, and I don't know what would work so well. But this is why I go back. I mean, Davis is fine for now, but if, if he loses it in Sunday at St Mirren, he's going to get the same kind of yeah. like, we need to fix this now. We need we, and he may look at Russian in an appointment. So there needs to be such a clear strategy in this going right we're getting this role and that's till this period of time and, and stuff like that so if, if you're looking for a name i'd be on the phone to graham potter right now just harassing him just explaining show what roger's done he came up here turned Celtic ground at the time won trophies and got a big move back down to england i don't think the money issue with potter would be too big because he's probably still on millions a year from this chelsea sacking so i don't think he'd be like haggling about money too much i mean that's a very naive way to look at it. I get like he's he's commanding a big salary wherever he goes. I think, but that's the one that I think would be like, yeah, that's the name I want. Let's go for that and go from there. But there's still negatives to that, so there's no easy answer, sadly. Do you know it's interesting to hear your criteria because you did you said that um, it's, it's someone who basically like we a Rangers man, air commas if you're listening to us. Um, and someone who knows the Scottish game, which I think is absolutely fair. I just wonder, Ian, if you think Kilmarnock will be very easy to deal with. It's worth an ask, you know. Um, we turn it down the first time. Maybe now is the perfect time yeah, for, for that nice, cautious football we've been <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm with you. I would, I personally would like us to push the boat out for, for Graham Potter. I think if Graham Potter was to come in as the Rangers manager, there's no doubt whatsoever. He would bring in Billy Reid, who is a big Rangers man, who I get the impression I remember from watching him um, as, as the Hamilton sort of head coach, manager, if you like, could be a little bit carmaptious. So there's no doubt in my mind that he would be at the edge of the dugout sort of yelling the odds. Um, I think it's important that the next, the next appointment is always the most important one. I think we're all smart enough in um, the call to admit that. But this is a real test of, of John Bennett and James Bisgrove's mental, JB. Um, I, I think it's really important that they get the right guy in. Structure's important as well, though. And this this whole debate about whether we need a DOF and a head, a head coach or if we need a head coach and then we bring in the DOF. And I'm curious to know where you stand on who you would like to get in. I know it's not easy to, to sort of put your finger on a name and say he'd be great because we just don't know. But is there anyone that you think, I think he could maybe do something for us? No, I think, I think to Ian's point, Potter ticks a lot of boxes if he surrounds himself with the, the right people. If that yeah. structure's there from a coaching perspective, then, and there's a couple of people that know Scottish football, there's um, I mean, set pieces are massive, massive up in Scotland. There needs to be somebody that can, we, we get so many set pieces and we've got a guy there apparently who's a set piece coach. Yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely messing do you know what I mean Sam Lambert's tough one was in the midweek and the lad nearly took the corner flag out with his corner you know like it was there doesn't seem to be any quick moves or imagination or whatever it might be yeah. but I think it needs to be if it's going to be if it's going to be Potter then he's not the he's not the kind of figurehead person that I would 
like to see from a manager uh, in the fact that what's he won? Do you know what yeah. I mean? In terms of, I, I can't can't say on one hand that love somebody that's coming at who's a winner and they've shown that he can win things in the past. And you go, well, what did he? What's he won? Did he? Did he win anything in Norway or Iceland or whatever it was? Wherever he was, I'm not too sure. Uh, but he went to Swansea and Swansea Rangers Football Club, um, and then. Yeah, and then that's a really good point. Did he do a deal at Chelsea? Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's it's that big step up, and it's like when you sign in a player, you can sign a player who looks absolutely, who looks the business. He's got a little bit. You stick him in a Rangers shirt, it's 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 night and day. But if the structure's there, that sits behind them. Um, I mean, the names that have been some of the names I wrote down: Muscat, Nutson. Nutson's an interesting one. Uh, that one yeah. just won't go away. Uh, I think little Reese will, will probably just go straight to heaven if if Nutson was to be announced. He's obviously someone that plays a brand of football that we were looking for. Um, yeah. He's defied the odds, but again, not in the strongest of leagues. You might you might say our league's not particularly strong, but he's um, he's found a way to win uh, with again on a wee bit of a shoestring budget, but no, a different market. Um, Muscat's got his pros and cons um, in terms of you can see what he's obviously started off in Australia, had a bit of a blip in Belgium, which I didn't know until today when I was doing a wee bit of research about him. And then obviously he was the guy that took over Postacoglu, who um, who, had, who created a very good blueprint uh, and a blueprint that is it's, it's gone down south and he's got the Tottenham players running further than, than any manager has in the last few years. He's got them making more passes in the hat in the the top end of the pitch, all things that we've seen over the last couple of years. So if um, if Muscat kept that type of football going over there, um, and then collected with he was an he was a bit of a mad bastard, wasn't he? So um, if that was something that um, is that is that an option? But again, people will probably point to go, oh, it's the easy option. Um, I mean, nobody else is allowed to look at Asia for a manager now because it's been copyrighted by the other side of the city, do you know what I mean? But, um, I mean, we were, we were linked with a player from South Korea and it was like, well, you're not allowed to have him, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, yeah, again, there's not going to be a right answer with this one. It's going to be one that's going to split the fans' opinion. Um, there's going to be pros and cons to any manager that comes in, so... Um. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild couple of weeks. Mainly, the the only thing with Stephen Davis, it kind of feels a bit like was it Gerrand that was put in charge for a League Cup game at Dunfermline? Um, I can't, was that was that, was that covering McCoy when McCoy went? Was it for a couple? Was that, was that after Le Guin left? What was it? Was that after Le Guin left? Was it Le Guin? I can't remember. I can I'm just picture him. I think we went. I'm sure we went up to East End Park and. We, we got turned over and it was like, oh, right, yeah, we're still rubbish type of thing. I don't think it was Le Guin, I'm sure it was further back than that because McDonough was with him, wasn't he, McDowell? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> I keep saying that. It's going to be interesting over the next few weeks. But what's coming up in the comments? I can't see. Is there anyone? Are we getting any inspiration in there? So, listen, I, I, there are a few names in there. Um, I think... Tam McCann has a really good point here. I don't think Muscat would be mentioned anywhere near the Rangers job if Ange Postecoglou hadn't came to these shows last year, personal or the year before, rather. Um, I, I think it's really, I think it's really hard to try and to try and pick someone now. I, I really do. I think um I think it's hard to sort of sort of just arrive at someone and say, right, he'd be a really good appointment because of that, 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 that. Um it's very, very difficult. And I think because we have obvious questions over the structure of how a new head coach or a manager would work, I don't think particularly helps whoever's going to come in next. I think it's it's all just a bit clunky just now. And as I say, right now is an absolute test of the metal of, of James Bisgrove and John Bennett because the next three weeks, the focus will very much be on these guys um, to see what they can do and what they have up their sleeve to to make things better. Terry Monroe, you're very kind indeed. Thanks very much. I'm glad having you. Been good having you back. Um, listen, guys, I, I, JB, I wanted. To, I didn't think for a second when we came on tonight to discuss um, the sacking of a Rangers manager. I'm really glad you found time to join us tonight. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. No. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. It's a, 
I was I was I was thinking it was going to be a, a bit of a therapy session to have a bit of a deep dive through yesterday. So I'd scribbled down a few notes and uh, I'd watched the highlights back twice. So uh, yeah, thanks for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's best in a few weeks ahead. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. Just while just while I'm on, uh, we actually lost one of our members um, but, uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, down on the Whittle. Uh, our what good friend of ours, Tony Donahue, passed away. Um, so just want to give him a wee bit of a shout out and hope he's looking down on us. Absolutely, condolences to you and, and everyone within the club. That sad news came. I didn't realise yeah. that. Um, Ian, good to have you on. As I said to Jamie, the last thing I expected tonight was um, was was us to be discussing this and Michael Beale no longer being the Rangers manager. So I'm really glad you've came on and and given given your top as well. Thanks, mate. No pleasure, as always. Yeah, it went a bit, bit more off, off, uh, off topic than I thought it would, but nice and fun. <laughs> so don't forget, if you are following us across social media already, thank you. If you're not, we're available on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Threads, which are apparently still things. All of our content, as Reese rightly points out, I assume he's got his nuts back in now that we've stopped talking about Knutson. Um, Everything's free, so if you do want to, to to follow us and get involved in everything we do, then we'll be very glad to to have you back. We are back on Wednesday night when Kyle returns um, with the warm-up from 8.30. Lots to look forward to, and inevitably, um, lots and lots to speak about, of course. A trip to, to Cyprus on, on Thursday and when we go to Limassol. And of course, hot on the heels of that, um, a Sunday afternoon in, in Paisley, which is, is always a delight. I now disappear until November. Um, I'm away on a holiday. Jamie, it's usually you that gets the break, mate, but it's my turn, so I'm going away this occasion. Um, and I will be back in November. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Have a great week. Good luck to Rangers on Thursday night. And don't forget, join Kyle 8.30 Wednesday night. Thanks for watching. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.